Hello, friends. Thank you for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. And today we're diving into an old episode all the way back from 2018. I had to go into the Good Advice Vault to find this one. And this is one of my favorite old school episodes. It's all about being you and why that is your competitive advantage. I say this because a lot of times we try to be like other businesses. We try to make our, you know, we try to follow in the footsteps of someone we see on social media when really at the end of the day, you is what makes your business great and it is what you offer. And so lean into that. Now it is an older episode, so the audio may not be as good, but before we dive into it, let's get a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hey, have you been thinking about your health insurance plan for this next year? Maybe you just jumped into the world of entrepreneurship and you're thinking, geez, is it possible to have a good insurance plan if I'm no longer working for a business? Maybe you're even running a business and you're thinking about what does it look like to have an affordable group plan for your employees? Well, I want to tell you about Optimum Health Insurance. This is a customized health care plan for you and your family. And since 2018, they've been helping people get awesome, affordable health care coverage for really nothing at all. It's easy, it's hassle-free, and frankly, they're different from the big insurance companies that you might talk to. And crazy enough, you might even be paying less than what you've paid at a previous job when you were on some company health insurance plan. If you want to find out more and save money on your health insurance, you absolutely need to go check out OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's today's sponsor. Enjoy this episode. All right, what is up, everybody? This is Blake Benz, and uh, yeah, today we're talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart, and I, I, I guess it's it's probably my maybe one of my favorite things to talk about. And what what's so interesting about it is that it has really nothing to do with um, maybe what you would get out of a business class or. You know, if you'd ever go get an MBA or, or do some kind of program like that, it, it really wouldn't be anything that um, there'd be an explicit class on or course on. But it's it's also been something that I have seen be my competitive advantage whenever it comes to me being successful in the workplace. And, you know, when I think about coming out of college and when I went into the education system and I started to be a public school teacher, and I remember a one of my principals pulling me aside and talking to me about this and saying, man, Blake, you're really good at this. And even, even now, as I work with business executives and work with business teams, this is still something that it, it continues to work well for me. And that's this concept of sincerity, or, or I like to think of it as this concept of authenticity. And I, I, I had someone a long time ago talk to me about this concept of, Blake, you have a personal brand. Uh, you have a, just like any any item in the world, any clothing item, any product, anytime you go to the store, there's a brand associated with, <laughs> you know, whatever you're getting. And so I think about like great value, which uh, actually lives up to its brand name pretty well because whatever that product is, it works 
it works pretty well, but everybody knows great value isn't isn't quite you wouldn't really quite call it a knockoff because it's it's not necessarily cheaper quality, but it's the cheaper form of sort of the name brand stuff that we know about, right? And and I remember working summer camp and you had you know, and I guess I guess we were geniuses at cost cutting because everyone growing up, you know, you love things like uh, cocoa pebbles or cocoa puffs. Well, at this summer camp, we had all, all of our our off brand stuff. Right. And so we had no we didn't have cocoa puffs. We had cocoa ruse, which which was, you know, uh, oh, and we also had, you know, instead of Lucky Charms, we had marshmallow mateys. And so some of you out there as you're listening, you're thinking, um, yes, you understand my upbringing now. Uh, just as good, but it's it's um, you know, it's 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 the it's not the name brand. It's the off brand stuff. In the same way, you know, you, I, I've realized that I have my own personal brand, and, and you yourself, you know, you have your personal brand. And I think what some of the greatest missteps I see with people professionally is when they misunderstand their personal brand. You know, it's kind of like whenever a bunch of executives get into a room and they're, they're describing their product. And then they go out there and they actually start polling customers. They start asking customers, you know, what do you think about what we're selling? And customers say something entirely different, right? And so I, you know, Domino's used to run this commercial. And this would have been maybe uh, maybe 10 years ago. I can't remember. But so Domino's had this really viral uh, marketing campaign where it was the Q&A testing they were doing with their product. And they had sort of this this behind the scenes film footage of where they had brought people in and asked them, "What do you think about our Domino's pizza?" And they had, and it was it was a genius commercial, by the way. They had they, it's it's in this little room and they're they're filming the person and the person's eating it and they're saying, "Well, the crust tastes like cardboard." And uh, you know, you have a woman who, <laughs> it's like the classic Italian mom, and she's taking a bite of the pizza and she's like, "This isn't pizza. No, this is not. This isn't tomato sauce." And so you're seeing these these little, um, and it's 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 pretty. You're curious, right? Because I mean, you've never. Everyone knows these things happen, but very few of us few of us have actually sat in on it and and heard it happen. And so, you know, you're 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 kind of like, oh wow, this is an inside look. Like, what are they talking about? And and they're they're totally bashing this pizza. Well, the genius the the genius part of this advertising is that it's the start of this ad spot, this commercial where. Domino's is rolling out their uh, their new pizza and their new crust, and it's it's and, and it's the reason I keep calling it genius is because essentially what they're doing is they're saying we hear you and we value your opinion, and so we're making changes based on that. And here's this really awesome new product, uh, and then the back half of that commercial was people trying the new Domino's and being like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And you have, of course, the Italian woman who's like, this is just like, you know, my grandma used to make it, which there's always a grandma, you know, that gets mentioned somehow. But all that to say, one of the biggest missteps I see is when a company, they describe their product and everyone else is thinking, uh, no, that is not what I think of your product. That's not why I like your product. In fact, maybe I don't even like your product. Uh, no, I would not describe it that way. And I wish I could think of an example, but but all I can imagine in my mind is sometimes I have people who who I'm working with who they talk about 
their own competitive advantage of their product. And they say something like, oh, well, we're the cheapest on the shelf. We have the cheapest product on the shelf or we're the cheapest option. And I said, well, what, you know, how do the customers, what do they feel about that? I said, oh, well, the customers love having us as the cheapest, op- cheapest option. And that could be true, but often, and there's plenty of, of analytics to back this up, you know, when you go to the store, what most people do is they look at the cheapest, they look at the most expensive, and then they choose something right in the middle. Why do we do that? Why do we why don't we just always pick the cheapest thing on the menu, on the shelf, what have you? Excuse me, I got a cough real quick. <clears throat> I, I think the reason we we do that is because we all know that cheapest often is related to this concept of lowest value. It is. It could break easily. It's not a very good product. If it was, they would offer it uh, for a higher price. You know, you think about uh, Beats by Dre headphones, and then you go to the airport. Or that's a bad example. Everything at the airport is is you know two hundred, three hundred percent over what you pay somewhere else. But you go to Walmart, and you see some headphones that are, you know maybe $13 and then you see beats by Dre by Dre right next to it for what 200 bucks. I don't know what it costs. Well, what do we do? We assume, okay, well the beats must be so much better and so much and, and, and we, we're not really sure if it's actually worth 200 bucks, but we do have this sort of cognizant awareness of, you know, there's, there's value there. And the point that I'm getting at is that just like companies are unaware sometimes of what people are saying about their product, I think in the same way, one of the biggest missteps we can make as professionals is we misunderstand what people think about our personal brand. And I, I, I remember when I was in college, and I've always been a very sarcastic person, which I've always thought was hilarious, until I was in college and I realized that everyone thought I was a jerk and no one liked me, right? I mean, it's like... Man, this guy is rude. Man, this guy is harsh. But I thought I had an awareness of my brand that wasn't based in reality, right? So since I got to the back half of college, I've always been someone who I've just I've just thought, you know what? I, I always want to be as authentic as possible with people. And that's been one of the qualifiers of who I am as a person is anytime I engage with someone, I'm often thinking, how, how can I be sincere? How can I be authentic? How can I show them who I really am? Which is kind of a bizarre concept because we live in the era of social media and how, you know, what, what people are so used to is they show the best side of themselves, right? I mean, I always think of, if you ever saw, um, what's the movie, uh, Jumanji, the new Jumanji, which the old school Jumanji is pretty awesome, by the way. Robin Williams, big fan. The new one, it's 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 not as good as the old one, but it's a good movie in and of itself. And you have an opening scene where you have this this girl who's laying down on a couch, and it's sort of like it, it's a really funny scene because you see her, she's laying on the couch, she has this coffee on a table next to her, and she's taking a selfie. And she has, you know, the, uh, you know, this shows how much of a loser I am. What this, the, the little extender, uh, the selfie stick. She has the selfie stick that, 
you know, has the phone on it. She's taking the over the head shot and she realizes that the coffee isn't exactly quite right. And so she moves it two or three centimeters and then gives sort of this, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it takes a shot waking up on Saturday mornings or whatever, whatever it was. And I think the reason that scene is so funny is not because it's totally ridiculous, although it is. I think that scene is so funny because we can all relate to it, right? I mean, think about people who are addicted to social media, who are always putting the best version of themselves online, right? I mean, uh, I actually remember Joy, my wife and I, when we were first married, which by the way, if you aren't married, uh, just a spoiler alert, marriage is hard. It's, <laughs> it is not, uh, you know, there's a reason they call it a honeymoon phase. And I think our honeymoon phase ended on the first day of our honeymoon. But, uh, you know, you realize, wow, it is really tough figuring out marriage and being married to someone. Well, so our first year of marriage, Joy's on Facebook. And I remember her coming to me and she's in tears and she's like, everyone's marriage is so perfect. It's so amazing. And ours is such a train wreck. And, and, you know, and it's been four years since then. But I remember thinking back then, I can't compete with these people. I can't compete with these, you know, people who it's somehow they're always having professional, you know, photos being done of, of them and their spouse. And, you know, these, this sort of glorified, everything's amazing. Everything's perfect. And it's actually why Social media has always been an incredible struggle of mine because I've I've just never I've I've really hated the sense of we have to show our best side, our best angle. You know, it's 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 taking the it's taking the old, you know, 90s joke of oh, get my good side for a photograph and now we've we've conflated it and we've exploded it into now a lifestyle of please get my good side. Right. And so every photo, every photo has to have a filter, you know, and then you have like this, this indie trendy hashtag, no filter, you know, you have all this stuff that essentially we're trying to be as inauthentic as possible. And we're trying to convince people that we are who we dream ourselves to be. And I've always been someone who I've just thought, man, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I just want to be me. And so I I actually, several years ago, just pretty much threw away social media, decided I'd never get on Facebook, decided I'd never get on. I, I, did, I used to have an Instagram and I got rid of it and now I have it again just for my business. And I even remember Joy, we were looking at my uh, Facebook wall and she was like, oh, you need to change your banner pic. And I was like, nah, I don't really want to. And she was like, I remember it was like a thing. It was like, why why don't you want to change your banner pick? And I was like, I just don't want to. I just, I, I don't want to be on this thing. I don't want to be on this platform. And, and inauthenticity has just, it's just always rubbed me the wrong way. And what's interesting is, I, I, I mentioned this before, I feel like, you know, when you're, when you're considering your personal brand and you're thinking about, you know, wherever you work, your personal brand is essentially, it's the amalgamation. It's, it's the, it's the summary of what everyone thinks about you. And it's based on your work ethic. It's based on how you've treated people. It's based on what you do for people, you know, and so on and so forth. And it's what is a direct connector to what enables your success, right? Because if people know you, then they're more likely to trust you and they're more likely to rely on you and, and believe you when you tell them things, right? If they don't know you though, if, if, if it's on the opposite where, 
you know, someone doesn't really know you, they don't know your personality, you're kind of always giving this facade and, and, and really trying to, um, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, you have somebody then who they're less likely to trust you. And, you know, when people are talking about you, then they're thinking, eh, I don't really know about that guy. I don't know about that woman. I, I, I don't really know. I'm not sure. So whenever I, I was first getting started in corporate consulting, which is really just glorified advice giving, right? I mean, you're, you're working with these organizations where, and you know, you're not just, it's not like encouraging. It's not like you guys can do it. You're awesome. It's, it's, it's you're in many cases, you are really challenging people to see things from a perspective that they're not naturally inclined to see it from, or they are, they are, um, maybe they just don't want to. Right. And so <laughs> I, I think about this, I think about the CEO who, who, uh, an old coworker would tell me the story about how his, he came to us with his team saying his team was really awful, really hard to work with, really tough. Well, it only took about 10 or 15 minutes to realize his team wasn't the problem. He was the problem. He was the issue. You know, he was a control freak and he was a micromanager. And so our role as consultants was in the moment to pull him aside and say, dude, turn it down, you know, tone it down, turn it down, relax, you know, disengage a little bit. I mean, ideally you've hired really great people, let them do their job, right? But even in doing that, I mean, you have your, you know, it's, it's, our job isn't to, hey, you're a great company, keep doing it. It's we're being paid to sometimes peel back the layers and help people identify what is keeping them from greater profits and greater success, right? Well, as you can imagine, whenever we're hired to work with someone, you know, my my prerogative is how can I get to the root of the problem as fast as possible? And the reason I approach it from that perspective is because I, I really, I take this this very serious sense of stewardship over someone's investment in me. And so, you know, if someone's going to, going to pay me an amount and, and just to be totally blatantly honest, I mean, we've had people who've paid us as low as two grand to as high as $100,000. Uh, I had one of my clients had just paid me about $50,000 to invest in some of his senior management. And I remember thinking at the time, we essentially we had 12 people who were going through this program and one of them who was one of the first ones to get through it had a very negative perception and and and, and honestly it's somebody who probably should have been let go i mean he he's he really wasn't a great employee but i just in spite of that i took it very personal because i remember thinking these people have made an investment in me, and so I owe it to them to get the results that they want. And so when I say I took it personal, it's not like my my, my feelings weren't hurt. I weren't I wasn't offended, but I did think I, I I I'm doing something wrong here if this investor doesn't feel like they're getting their money's worth. You know, I've always thought I I want to make sure I'm giving someone exactly what they've asked for. You know, I don't want to okie doke anybody. I don't want to I don't want to be the the man behind the curtain and trick anybody. You know, what I want to do is exactly what I said I was going to do. I want to do that. So, whenever I approach business and I'm working with an entrepreneur or I'm working with an organization, my philosophy is I've been invested into this organization person whatever has given me their money, their hard-earned money. How do I solve the problem as fast as I can? 
What then ends up being extremely frustrating is when I work with people who are very inauthentic and who are just there to check a box. They're just there to, you know, it was, it's like, hey, we had $14,000 that we had to spend this year, so we spent it on you guys. Even though we have no intention of changing anything, we just thought, hey, yeah, we'd throw some money because we had to spend it. You know, those are the kind of clients where I'm like, oh my gosh, I will never work with you again. And I remember actually when I first got into this field and started doing this, I was working with a major organization. It was a Fortune 500 company. And actually, it was a Fortune 50 company. And I, I was at this event, and what we were doing was we were training some of their, their senior executives. And what happened was, excuse me, we were, um, oh, so I, I've showed up to this event, and I'm, I'm walking around, and I always try to uh, meet and greet people before uh, our work officially starts. You know, if it's like an all-day training, I always try to meet with people and, you know, hey, who are you and how's it going? I'd love to connect with you. You know, what's going on? Well, so I go up to this first guy and he, I, I say, hey, I'm Blake Benz. And he goes, hey, I'm the senior vice president of, you know, whatever. And that that really struck me because I thought, oh, okay, uh, well, great. What's, what's your name? <laughs> and he goes, I'm so-and-so. And I go, okay, yeah, okay. So we make some small talk and then we walk, I, you know, I, I move on and I, I just stay with somebody usually for about two or three minutes. And then I say, hey, well, I'm going to go meet a couple other people. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to today, yada, yada. So we go to the next person and I say, hey, how you doing? I'm Blake Benz. And he says, he goes, oh, hey, I'm the, um, I'm the EVP of blank and my name is blank. And I said, oh, okay, cool. And I go on to the next person. Same thing. Hey, I'm the vice president of blank. And I'm, I'm starting to notice this trend at this event that people are, they're introducing themselves by their title and their position. And I'm thinking, this is pretty interesting because one, I never asked what their titles were. And two, I'm also getting kind of annoyed because I'm thinking, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, I start just thinking like, why do these people feel the need to introduce themselves by their titles, especially in the absence of a question, right? Because if the question had been, hey, we're going to meet and greet and tell people what you do for a living and what your title, you know, that would make sense. But instead, in the absence of that, we have people who, for whatever reason, feel this obligation to, I'm going to tell you who I am and who I am is based in an identity of my title, and that always rubbed me the wrong way. And I, in fact, I really struggled at a lot of a, a lot of corporate events like that, because it felt like sort of this Facebook social media era of of you know showing your best angle, your best shot, and doing that in a totally unimportant environment of a simple meet and greet. You know, and so it bothered me so much that. I remember thinking to myself, that will never be me. I'll never be that person. I, I, I want to be someone who I introduce myself by my name. Who I am is who I am. Uh, my CEO at the time when I was working for this company, she always had an expression, I am who I am wherever I am. And I always really loved that and admired that and decided I'm going to be that for myself. And since then, I've, I've just always struggled with 
environments where people put on a show, right? So now as I, I continue to work with people, I, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm always trying to get to the root as, as fast as possible. But it's interesting, right? It's, it's, isn't it so funny that <laughs> yeah, I was thinking through this concept and how I, I can remember like yesterday, and this would have been you know a year or two ago that I really had these kind of moments happening. And like I said, I told myself, this will never be me. But I think what's really funny is you know how we, we say things like that, oh, that'll never be me. And then things happen down the road where we realize, oh my gosh, that was me. So I've, I've started this company, Good Advice Coaching, and, and it's really, it was kind of born out of this, this desire to be as, uh, as authentic as possible and work with people who are, who are really genuine and really wanting to, wanting to make it happen. And like I said, I've always been someone who I've tried to be as authentic as possible with people. I've never been one to try to put on a show. In fact, it, it's, Joy would always give me a hard time because whenever I was working on my doctorate, and then I was, at the same time, I was working at Chewy's Mexican restaurant, which is really good Mexican food, by the way. Uh, if you need a place to go for dinner tonight, you should check out Chewy's. It's delicious. But I remember working at Chewy's, and, and the whole reason I worked there was because I just wanted to, I, I just love people. And I, this sounds so random, but all my life, I'd always wanted to be a server. I'd always wanted to be a waiter. And I thought it would be so fun to do it. And so when I was working on my doctorate, I thought this is a great time to actually get in there and do this. It's the only time in my life I'll probably ever have a chance to. Well, so as we would meet people, as Joy and I would meet people and they'd say, what do you do for a living? I'd always say, oh, I'm a server at a restaurant. And I'd never mention the doctorate. I'd never mention anything like that. I'd never mention, you know, the school I'd worked at, uh, being the department chair, anything. I never mentioned anything like that. I just say, oh yeah, I work work at a restaurant. I'm a server, and it didn't really bother me. I mean, I just thought, um, yeah, it's, I'm proud of it. I love this restaurant. I love who I work with. It's awesome. It's great. Well, about like six months went by of this, and Joy, it, it started to really kind of bother her, and it didn't bother. She wasn't embarrassed. It, what bothered her was she was like, why don't you tell people? that you're getting your doctorate, that you're in school for your doctorate? Like, why do you just say the server thing? And and I don't really know other than I kind of thought being humble meant doing the opposite of what I had seen all of these other people do, which was, you know, show your best side and, and talk yourself up and be as, as, you know, try to make yourself as advantageous as possible. I thought that you know being genuine and being being uh, you know humble and this is you know what I do that that was that was the other ditch and I, th- I think what I realized from that is is you know there's definitely this this middle ground that's appropriate as you go on and be a, a professional you know there's this one side of the ditch or one ditch excuse me that is this egotistical sort of this maniac. You know, I, I think about a guy I'm friends with on Facebook who every shot, every photo he puts up is, um, you know, him doing something really like a celebrity would do. And I think about, you know, that's his brand as him creating himself to be this premium type person. And then I think about the opposite. This other ditch is this angle of I'm nobody and I'm a no one and I, I 
don't do anything and I work at a restaurant, I guess, and I, I have no real direction for my life. And, you know, not saying that's true about servers at all, but that, that's kind of what I was trying to communicate was just like, hey, yeah, I just kind of I just kind of do whatever. And, you know, I realized that neither ditch is is really that healthy and it's not really that appropriate. And, I, and I'll, I'll come back to that here in a second. But as I started working and developing my business, as I started creating good advice, I, I realized that I needed to get into digital marketing and I, I needed to start um, connecting with people and, and getting people to know who I am and, you know, all of these these random things. And so I didn't know what to do. So I, I hired a digital marketer and I hired this guy and I, I said, I asked him, you know, this is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to do. And he said, I got you. I can help you. Uh, I've been in digital marketing for the last 15 years. Uh, which when someone says something like that, I think about, okay, what does that mean? Because, you know, in 2003, there was, there were, you know, Facebook, I think had just gotten started. So there really wasn't that much digital marketing, I would guess back then. I mean, I guess you had the dot-com bust. So I guess, I guess you had had people, you know, there had been a good five to 10 years of it, but you know, this guy, he couldn't have been older than his thirties. And so I thought, you know, what does that mean? 15 years ago. So anyway, but you know, he, as a good marketer, I, I thought, okay, he seems to know his stuff. And so let's, let's do it. And so I hired him and, and it, it's, you know, I mentioned a minute ago how I, when I was at this corporate event and I remember saying, I remember saying it out loud, I will never be like these people. And I mentioned that it's funny how we end up being those people we say we'll never be like, right? Well, I found myself with this set of ads about about two or three weeks go by of, of working on my business and this digital marketer is working with me and he's helped me create these ads to go on Facebook, to go on these random places. And, and you know, one night I'm going to bed and I'm kind of looking over my ads and I'm getting lots of hits. I mean, people are definitely clicking on it, but I have this really kind of sick feeling and this, this unsettling feeling and, and I'm not really sure what it is. I just feel this anxiousness and I start talking to Joy about it and I'm like, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I just, I just don't feel right about this. Well, then it clicked with me. What, what clicked with me was, <clears throat> you know, I actually start going through and reading some of these ads that my digital marketers put together. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I am one of these people at these corporate events. And what I mean by that, let me, let me just read to you what one of my first ads has been that this digital marketers put together. I'm going to read it to you. So this was an ad that was getting, getting circulated on Facebook. And it says, have you ever wanted to make a million dollars? Have you ever wanted to be free from all financial burdens you could ever experience? Hi, I'm Blake Benz, an expert entrepreneur who is ready to take your business to the next level. Don't waste your money on amateurs any longer. It's, it's time to partner with a real expert who gets real results. So I read over this ad and I thought, are you kidding me? I, I'm, I'm essentially, I'm promising someone I will make them a millionaire. Now, I, I have worked with millionaires. I've worked with million and billion dollar companies, you know, which, I mean, billion dollar companies, they're working with, you know, a hundred different consultants at any given time anyway. But I'm, I'm looking this over and I'm thinking, come on, come on, this is so BS. And so I go to my digital marketer and last week I, I sit down with him and I say, hey, you know, I, I just don't, um, I don't know about this. This this isn't really me. You know, this is pretty inauthentic. It's really not who I am. 
And he says, well, that's okay. I mean, that's, you know, this is essentially, this is, this is marketing though. I mean, this is, this is what, what we're creating here is we're creating a persona that, and this is how you get clicks. This is how you get people to invest in you. Right. And I, I look it over again and I say, I'm sorry, but I, I, I feel like this is lying. And what he said in response just blew my mind. I said, I feel like this is lying. And he goes, I promise you, this is just marketing. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is like, that's what marketing is. It's like deception, right? And I thought, I thought, no, that's that. I refuse to believe that. I, 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 I do not want to create a market on deception. Now, will I genuinely help people? Will some people I help end up going on to make a million dollars? Absolutely, absolutely. But to promise that on the front end, recognizing that that is a very, it's a, it's a sliver. It is a small amount of the people I work with because not everyone will have the, the personal responsibility and drive to actually make that happen, right? And so I said, I can't do this. I'm sorry. You know, I, I can't, I can't be, I can't have this sort of expectation versus reality thing where I am playing on people's um, their their drive for something better, right? It's kind of like, honestly, what it reminds me of is, um, I think of the televangelists who are like, um, hey, if if we're gonna, I want you to buy me a plane, and we're gonna raise two hundred million dollars for. Or I saw this one guy on on YouTube, this this televangelist who was. He was being, um, uh, he was about to go to jail, and they were asking him about the six hundred million dollar mansion or something ridiculous like that. Um, it's massive property. I mean, millions of dollars. You know, it has something like three or four pools there. I mean, just incredible space somewhere in California. And they're saying, so why did you feel like it was necessary to spend your money on this? And he goes, well, it's an event space. It's when we bring in high high um, ticket clients who are going to invest in the church and we bring them here, right? And But I think about at some point, you know, and going back and watching this, this pastor's uh, other sermons, you know, he's asking his congregation to donate and he's saying things like, if you donate, God will do the same for you. And there's this other, there's this other video of the same pastor where it's essentially he's driving like a Lamborghini or something. And, uh, one of his, uh, his church, uh, patrons sees him and says, wow, that's a nice car. And the pastor says back, yeah, and if you're faithful, God will do the same for you as well, which is just totally mind-boggling. You know, and I'm a Christian myself, and and I, I, don't, I, I guess I missed that verse in the Bible where God says, if you are a good steward, I will give you a Lamborghini, right? So I've, I've always, it, it felt like reading over these ads, I felt like that's what I was doing though, right? Was that I was promising people millions of dollars so that, so that they could, uh, essentially I could get their business, so I could trick them, right? And I realized I, I didn't want to do that, and I, I said, hey, I don't think we can work together anymore, you know, because him and I just, we couldn't have, we couldn't find a common ground on this, and, and now I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find that middle ground, because typically what I've always done as a salesperson is, you know, I'll go out to eat with somebody, and this is somebody who I'm trying to sell them on a, something I'm offering, and so usually I'll, 
we'll sit down for lunch and they know, I mean, they, they know that I'm, I'm going to sell them on something. And so we sit down and I just cut straight to the chase and I say, Hey, do you want this? And they say, no. And I say, okay, great. What do you want to eat for lunch? You know? And I just kind of, I just kind of move on and skip on past to, um, yeah, let's eat. <laughs> All right. You said you didn't want it. That's fine. Works for me. So I'm like, I'm like the, definitely I'm the opposite of a salesperson, you know, rather than trying to upsell or, or find, find some tripwire to lead them into a bigger sell. I mean, I, 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 I ask them and they say, if they, if they tell me, nah, I don't really want it. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. It was nice talking to you. You know? And so I, I, I definitely can, can work on that. And so I'm trying to find that middle ground that is, it's authentic, but it's also, you know, it's, it's, um, I guess marketing esque. Um, so I'm, I'm working that through, but what I've, what I've realized regardless, and I've, I've, someone's told me this before, and you've probably heard it yourself, this concept of stay in your lane, you know, stay with, stay with what you're good at, continue to do what you're good at doing. And if, if authenticity has something that's always been me, I have to continue to embrace that and continue to use it to my advantage, you know, because every product out there has an advantage to it. We call it a competitive advantage, right? And so one of the biggest competitive advantages of Amazon, for example, is convenience. You can get on and find almost any product and you can have it in, at your door within two days. In fact, some products you can have to your door in the same day that you ordered it. So convenience is absolutely their competitive advantage. And if you don't like something, you can return it. And 99% of the time, there's no questions asked. That's what makes Amazon special. In the same way, you have a competitive advantage. You have something that sets you apart, that causes you to be successful, and what I have recognized, and this isn't just for myself, this is also people that I've continued to work with who are doing very well in their jobs, very well with their businesses. There is a competitive advantage in authenticity. There's an advantage in moving past the BS of the social media era and being authentic with people, being candid being honest, saying what you mean, right? I mean, rather than, you know, it's kind of like the whole, uh, does this dress make me look fat and being honest? Now, I would never do that because I'm not a stupid husband. But, you know, it's, it's interesting how people ask us, you know, I think about being in a business meeting and someone says, you know, does this look okay? And you know it doesn't look okay, but you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you say, no, it looks great. And yeah, you should totally do that. You know, rather than just being really honest about it. You know, in, in general, I feel like we we feel this drive to be as, I don't know if it's creating a persona or creating a, we, we want people to believe a certain thing about us. It's kind of like we, we do this thing called a 360 where we, people can, can write and evaluate you as a person and a professional and they can say what they think about you. And people could get pretty resistant to it because people in general typically don't enjoy reading feedback about what people say about them. And I think the reason there's so much tension around that is because we are faced finally with the difference between what we want people to say and think about us and what they actually do, right? The persona we've created and the persona that is reality 
when those two things are in tension or when they're opposites, it makes it pretty challenging then for us to feel confident and, and good to go and feel good about ourselves, right? And so in general, my encouragement is, is to be as authentic as possible because frankly, everything else is exhausting. You know, being inauthentic, being insincere, putting on a show for people, it's, it's exhausting, right? To have to always worry about that. You know, and in thinking about the side, the ditches that you fall into, whether you're on the more egotistical side or the more, uh, I'll call it the self-deprecating side, there's a blend in the middle that is productive for being a successful person, a successful entrepreneur, a successful business owner, professional, what have you. There's a middle ground there that is incredibly, it is productive for you as a person beyond either ditch. You know, obviously, if you fall more to the egotistical side, my question is, what are you trying to prove to people, right? And why are you lacking confidence in who you really are? I think when, I think when you're fake with people, when you lack authenticity, essentially what you are communicating is that I am so insecure in my own self-worth and my own self-identity that I have to pretend and show you a side of myself that is non-existent. It is fantasy because I don't think what I actually offer is worth anything. I think the reason people lie and pretend is essentially that. I don't think I have something of value to offer you. So instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to create something else. I'm gonna present something else to you that is, in my mind, valuable, and hopefully you will agree that it is valuable. Because I, I can't show you who I really am because that does not have value. On the other hand, to the other ditch, we can have such a casualness and a passiveness. You know, I think about back when I would tell people, oh, I just worked at Chewy's. I was just a server. I, th I don't think it was humility. I think I had gone off the rails of authenticity. And what I really thought was that no one cared and I didn't have the self-worth to tell people what I was doing and accomplishing with my life, right? So whenever I, I moved on from this, di this digital marketer and a buddy of mine who lives nearby, I, I went over and we were talking through my business and I was saying, man, marketing's so hard for me because I don't wanna lie to people. I don't wanna try to sell people. He said, you know, Blake, honestly, the way you're hurting yourself, well, really what he said was, he asked me a couple of questions. He said, do you feel like you really help people? And I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, do you really feel like you transform people's businesses? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have, I have plenty of people who've told me as much. I, I've, I've seen the numbers. I mean, I absolutely, yeah. And he says, so why wouldn't you tell people then that you can help them? And I was like, well, I, I mean, I do tell people I can help. He goes, no, 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 no. What you do is you give this indifferent, yeah, sure, I can help you. And if, if, if I was listening to you, I would think, well, I don't want to hire this guy. And your, your sense of humility in trying to be as authentic as possible, essentially what you're doing is you're robbing people with the opportunity to be impacted by you. 
And that really hit me hard. I mean, that resonated with me. I thought, man, you're right. And so I've been thinking about this middle ground going from the ditch of extreme egotism, but not falling into this ditch of uh, self-deprecation or, hey, I'm, I really have nothing to offer you. This is just who I am. I Sure, I can help you, I guess. And recognizing there's a middle ground where you can sincerely, genuinely help people and impact people without selling the, the tag-on items. So wherever you are in your business, whatever you're doing, my encouragement to you would be to find that middle ground you know, don't be misled by this social media era where you have to present, you always have to have the bow tie on, you always have to, you know, show yourself as this perfect, awesome, phenomenal person. And I want to encourage you against that because again, the best professionals I've worked with, we can all sniff that out. Seriously, it will get you rewarded in the short term, but long term, it won't lead to any lasting relationships. On the flip side, if you're someone who you do go towards self-deprecation and what am I even doing and what am I even offering, you got to wake up and recognize the value that you have to offer. You can be a confident, charismatic, I want to give you an opportunity to work with me. I want to show you my talents and skills. You can, you can be that kind of person and not be an egotistical maniac. But finding that sweet spot can be a real competitive edge, especially because I mean, think, think this through. Let's break this down. What is a competitive advantage? It is something that is unique to a business that they're offering that no one else is offering. So when you think about Amazon, their ability to deliver in two days, no one was doing that when Prime first got started. I remember, I remember it was Christmas time, it was December, and my mom had ordered a Christmas present. And I remember waiting every day at the door. I mean, we're checking for a package. Did they come yet? Did they come yet? Five, six, seven days go by, right? When Amazon Prime got started, no one was doing it. In the same way, with your authenticity, you have an opportunity to stand apart from everyone else, from a culture where people are naturally trying to show a form of themselves that does not exist. Be authentic, be you, and own it. I'm not saying don't improve yourself. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to fall into this whole mantra of, you know, accept who I am and accept who I, you know, it's just who I am. Sorry. I, I think about a guy I worked with who was really challenging, really direct, and really just burned a lot of bridges. And I remember him saying, well, that's just who I am. And I said, well, that may be who you are, but you're, you're ruining your career. So it's, it's not an excuse not to get better and do better. It's an acceptance of this is my identity. This is what I'm good at. I have some areas to improve on, but I'm not going to BS you. I'm not going to portray a Facebook page to you or a persona to you. I'm going to be who I am, wherever I am. I promise if you can do that, you will rise to the top because in a sea where everyone is putting on a face, you will have that as a competitive advantage. Thanks for listening today, guys. Uh, I hope this helped. 
continue to check me out. Check out Instagram, Facebook, what have you. See, <laughs> look at that. I'm talking about social media now after I totally just bashed it for a good, you know, 45 minutes. But I'd love to stay connected with you. And of, of course, above all things, if you need help, if you need advice, send me a message, send me an email. I'd love to make an impact. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye-bye.